Welcome to Building Voices, the CMS podcast series focusing on dispute management and resolution in the construction and infrastructure industries. My name is Jane Fendralson of Council here at CMS. Today we're covering what you need to know about smash and grab adjudications, recapping what they are, what their counter true value adjudications are, and discussing what the latest case law tells us. In short, that case law now means paying parties in construction contracts have to be extra vigilant in meeting their obligations around payment and notices under the Construction Act regime or face tight restrictions on when they can start a true value adjudication. So to discuss all of that, let me introduce my colleague, Connor Rogers. Connor is an associate in our infrastructure, construction and energy disputes team based in London. Connor assists clients, particularly in the UK and Spain, in resolving disputes arising from large-scale construction and infrastructure projects, with a particular interest in the renewable energy sector and marine construction. Hello, Connor. Good to have you with us today. Thanks, Jane. Good to be here. So let's start with a quick recap of the basics. What is a smash and grab adjudication? Well, in short, a smash and grab adjudication involves a party to a construction contract claiming a sum that it previously applied for, but was never challenged by the paying party in any valid payment or pay less notice. And that claim sum is known as the notified sum. If the paying party, usually the employer, has failed to issue a valid notice, it's then obliged to pay the notified sum regardless of any dispute as the proper value of the payment application. And that is known as the immediate payment obligation, which exists in law under the Construction Act, meaning the obligation applies regardless of what your construction contract says. So if the employer fails to make payment for any reason, then the payee can start a smash and grab adjudication to recover the notified sum. So a smash and grab adjudication is seeking that default entitlement payment under the payment regime of the Construction Act. OK, but what by contrast is a true value adjudication? Well, unlike smash and grab, a true value adjudication involves an actual assessment of the payment application. And if the true value of the application is found to be less than the notified sum, then that entitles the employer to recoup its overpayment. So a true value adjudication would be a key way for an employer to recover from a smash and grab adjudication and restore the party's true or, or underlying entitlements. Yes, yes, that's absolutely right. OK, and what has the position been as to when a true value adjudication can be kicked off? I'd imagine the paying party would want to do that as, as soon as possible if it hasn't got its notices right. Well, initially, yes, we saw a wave of instances where employers would raise true value adjudications very quickly after receiving a smash and grab adjudication, hoping to effectively offset the true value decision against the notified sum and avoid paying some or all of it. However, that tactic became restricted by decisions in cases like S&T v Grove in 2018, Davenport v Greer in 2019, the upshot of which was a principle that employers would have to pay the notified sum in full before they could rely on any true value decision to recover any overpayment. That principle was taken even further last year in Bexheat Limited versus Essex Services Group. And now a paying party can't even start a true value adjudication, let alone rely on its outcome until it's paid the notified sum. That's a very helpful recap. 
And now coming to a key point of today's podcast, which is to discuss two further TCC technology and construction court decisions from 2022 and 23, uh, their parties sought to challenge that basic principle around when they could start a true value adjudication. So tell us a bit about those. Yes, that's right. The cases in question are AM construction versus the Daryl Amand Trust and Henry Construction Projects versus Alufix UK. And in both, the employing parties sought to distinguish themselves from the Bexie principle on quite novel, but certainly statable grounds. So first in AM Construction, the employing party argued that its position was different from that in Bexie, as there hadn't in fact been any smash and grab adjudication. Having failed to issue a valid notice, they commenced a true value adjudication, obtained a favorable decision and sought to enforce However, the court declined, noting that where no payless notice has been served, the employer must pay before disputing the amount outstanding. And I think the important point to note there is that the immediate payment obligation arises the moment the paying party fails to issue a valid notice, not once the smash and grab adjudication has started or been decided. So the paying party won't actually have any right to start a true value adjudication until payment is made, regardless of whether any smash and grab adjudication is in play. Okay, so that's an important point. The immediate payment obligation arises once there's a notified sum, even if a smash and grab adjudication has not been raised. Okay, what about the second case? Well, in the Henry Construction case, the attempt to distinguish from Bexheat was actually even more nuanced. The employing party was Henry Construction. They argued that as a genuine dispute had existed in the smash and grab adjudication as the validity of two payless notices, they were not precluded from starting a true value adjudication. So what we effectively have is a situation where the two adjudications are running in parallel. And hypothetically, if it was found in the smash and grab adjudication that either of the payless notices was valid, that would mean that there had actually never been a notified sum and so no immediate payment obligation to comply with. As it happened, the smash and grab adjudicator found that both payless notices were invalid, meaning there was a notified sum, and Henry Construction duly paid that sum within the timescales required by the decision. However, when the true value adjudicator concluded that Henry Construction was owed around £192,000 plus interest for overpayments, they sought to enforce that decision, and unsurprisingly, Alifix resisted on the basis that Henry Construction had not satisfied the immediate payment obligation before commencing the true value adjudication, which, as we've discussed, they were required to do. So what what was the basis for Henry Construction arguing they could get past that principle in Bexheat and start a true value adjudication before it had paid the notified sum in full? Well, they said that the usual embargo on starting a true value adjudication didn't actually apply because there had been a genuine dispute, even though that dispute was ultimately decided against them. It was argued that no immediate payment obligation actually arose until such time as that genuine dispute had been resolved, and that once the dispute was resolved, the date to comply with the smash and grab decision effectively became the new final date for payment. But the court disagreed. First of all, clarifying that the date for compliance with the smash and grab decision could at best be described as the final date for late payment, but perhaps of greater interest as to the potential impact of any genuine dispute. The court raised concerns that a disputing party could effectively delay making payment, even in circumstances where they were wrong on the point of dispute, as indeed was the case here. 
while gaining a further advantage and being able to start a true value adjudication without first paying the notified sum. That was an unattractive prospect and the court was reluctant to create a situation whereby in future true value adjudications there might be a requirement to do some sort of value assessment as to whether or not any dispute could be considered genuine. Now, of course, if either of the payless notices had in fact been valid, or perhaps if the relevant payment application had been found to be invalid, then the outcome might have been different. And the door remains open to test such an argument. But in the wake of these decisions, it's pretty safe to assume that circumstances in which a party will be permitted to commence a true value adjudication without first paying the notified sum will be very limited. That position is much clearer, but it isn't without its own difficulties, particularly for parties who are perhaps unable to pay what might be an artificially inflated notified sum, they could now find themselves in a very difficult position of being shut out from pursuing a true value adjudication, meaning they're left with little alternative but to commence court proceedings, which would be lengthy and indeed in and of themselves might be too expensive. So what we might see uh, is a situation where payees actually find themselves enjoying a windfall as a result of these latest restrictions. Mm. So, so having worked through that detail, tell me, what are the key points to remember if there is a dispute around payment notices and the party's true entitlement? Yes, wrapping it all up, I think there's probably four key points to remember. First of all, in the majority of cases, failure to pay a notified sum will deprive a party of the right to start a true value adjudication. And any attempt at such an adjudication will lack jurisdiction, meaning any decision will be unenforceable. Secondly, the starting assumption for employers when considering whether to start a true value adjudication should be that if you haven't submitted a valid notice or you're on the receiving end of a smash and grab decision, then you should satisfy the immediate payment obligation before you take any further steps. So we're essentially back to the well-known adjudication principle of pay first, argue later. Third, while there may be certain exceptions to that assumption, those are likely to be rare. A party would, for example, need to have quite a lot of faith in the validity of its payment or pay less notice to justify commencing a true value adjudication before receiving a decision on that disputed issue. Uh, and finally, for parties who are on the receiving end of a true value adjudication in the absence of payment, in most cases, there will be solid grounds to resist that adjudication and argue that it should not proceed to decision. Connor, many thanks. That's That's been a useful run through where we are now on smash and grab adjudications, which still are a powerful tool for PEs and give lots to think about if you're the payer, even more incentive to meet your obligations around notices and payment under the, the Construction Act. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. We look forward to welcoming you next time at Building Voices. Mm -hmm.